fam. We back. Trying to give y'all some new fire for this week. It's been a lot of stuff going on, y'all. It's yeah. been a lot of fire in the streets. A lot of shit been burning. We've been seeing smoke signals and things like that. So, yeah, if it's know. uh, if it ain't episode thirty-five, just just know my my heart is in the right place. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. But um, we glad to have y'all back with us at this time. This is Fire This Time podcast. Please check us out on YouTube. We also be on Twitter and all of those other great platforms. Um, you can find it in the bio of the show. So, but yeah, we on all them. You know what I'm saying? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, like our brother said. Yeah, we got a few topics. You know, we're gonna cover. Um, let's see, the Kyle Rittenhouse and Ahmad uh, Aubrey's murder uh, uh, case that's going down with uh, his murderers. Uh, let's also talk about, you know what I'm saying, uh, go and give our, our rest in power to our brother, Young Dolph. Yeah. You know, rest yeah. in power, Young Dolph, many blessings and, you know, and comfort to his family and his loved one and, and his, you know, his biggest fans, you know what I'm saying, who who really, especially, especially his Memphis and Tennessee fans, you know what I'm saying, that are, are definitely going through it right now. You know, I wasn't uh, a huge fan of his music, but I always liked it when it came on. You know, if, if something hit, it hit. And uh, his music definitely had that appeal. I, I, you know, I totally understand why he had the fan base and everything that he did. He was probably going to be the next big thing to come up out of there. Uh Hey, he was already king of Memphis. Yeah, he was he was finna come up out of there and make something big. Um, you know, it's it's that curse that's going on right now, man, in hip hop. That, you know, the rappers ain't living long and they're getting taken out by people that's in their own city. Um and, you know, people still be having I don't know what the issue was over. I know, you know, he was having issues with other rappers. Um, but you never really think that that's involved because you don't think they even take that shit that serious. You know, we all out here trying to make that that money. Right. But, um, you know, on a, on a local level of hip-hop, there's a different culture that's been bred. So, Yeah, I think and hip, hip-hop just is expressing what's going on yeah. in the community. And I think hip-hop, of course, there's a relationship between the two. Between the expression and then what the expression can also give way to, you know what I'm saying? We can be, you know, a deliberate change in cultural expression can change, of course, the conditions or how people approach the conditions, no doubt about it. That's yeah. why people are rightfully pushing for a cultural revolution, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, you know, it is reflective at the same time, you know what I'm saying? It's reflective of what's going on. And we see it here in Champaign, Aki. Yeah. We see it up in Chicago. Yeah. We see it back home in Evans, well, where I'm from, Evansville, Indiana. We see it in North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Charlotte. I don't like. I, I'm actually pretty ignorant right now on the violence statistics, say for the last five years. You know what I'm saying? But uh -huh. it seems to me to be an uptick. You know what I'm saying? Where you know the amount of us is getting killed. You know, uh, from our own hand. Yeah. Is is going up? It, it it feels like you know it's uh you know it's it's reaching uh I I don't know I ain't saying new heights you know what I'm saying 
I, you just hear, I mean, we know locally here in Champaign that it's went up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know in Evansville it's went up. I mean, um, a lot of it got to do, I mean, that it, it's a lot of stuff that's involved with that. Um, hip-hop is like a mirror, and all it's going to do is reflect what's in it. Mm-hmm. And so um, that goes into a deeper conversation of what the people are going through and maybe some of it can come from outside influences. I mean, social media, um, the media period, entertainment plays a role in that. But it's more of a vehicle to convey something. You know what I'm saying to you? That's more used like a a tool in that. Um, so, like, it's, it's messed up. You know, some of it can be considered to be generational. Um... But um, that's something that we do have to ask a question of because it is going up. Um, the conflicts nowadays don't even come from the traditional old type of conflicts. Um, and not to say that those were great, but at least you've seen it as justifiable <laughs> in some case. You know, there was a meaning behind it. Right now, a lot of the violence that's going on is violence that's arising from emotions. Somebody say something to you and you don't like it and you got a pistol. Some of it got to do with drugs. A lot of the stuff that, you know, newer drugs that's going on now, it don't give you, take a lot out of you when it come down to reasoning and logic. Uh, you may be extra irritable or extra angry with it. Um, you know, that could be something a part of it. Um, the biggest thing is this though, it's the changing of our, our values. You know, we can probably say that the gen, the Zennials are the first generation that have been raised without those values, you know, um, or values that came from the grandmamas and the great grandmamas and all of them. So some of it is what's brought up in the home. You go into a project now versus going into a project in the 70s the people could tell you that it was something completely different people knew each other you know what i'm saying it was still a project it was still poverty it was still gangs it was still stuff going on but the people knew each other in the community you know what i'm saying um you remove in communities and know who your neighbors were now people move to the community they don't know who that person is i don't know them over there I mean, we got BMK right up the street. And I remember when I was a child, one of the things I could remember, and I left here, I left Champagne when I was five. And I remember being able to walk around there and seeing my mama speak to everybody. And she ain't doing it, but just going to the candle lady who stayed in the back. But she was speaking to people while they was on their porches or going in the house and doing whatever they did. Now, in this new world, in this new era, walk through BMK. Nobody know who who stay over there, you know. And if you do know them, you know them through the kids playing, but you don't know them. It's just sort of the way the environment has changed, you know. what I'm saying, um, and we're not even on Little Dolph anymore. We're probably talking a little more about Young Dolph. Young Dolph, you know. what I'm saying we probably ain't really speaking about him because that was more of a tragedy to me. 
you know. Um, and all the details hasn't necessarily came out about that. Can't go into detail. But um, I do know he was up and coming. I heard a couple of his tracks. You know, me being a Southern guy and loving 3-6 Mafia, of course, I always keep my eye to something that come up out of, you know what I'm saying, Memphis. And um, that's something, it's just something that we got to deal with, folks. You know what I'm saying? We using, we losing a lot of young musicians and up and coming artists to violence in their street. And it's happening in their own cities. It's not even like they going somewhere else and getting murdered. They getting done up in the place that they love and that they shout out, you know, um, which shows a lack of community. You know what I'm saying? We used to be able to say, okay, he made it. We're going to we'll squash the beef. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You put on for the city. Uh, political work related to, you know, gangs in our community. Speak a little bit about, you know, what you've been involved with. So the people know as far as, and maybe that can open up a conversation towards, you know, what are some, what are, what are some solutions to, uh, you know, uh, yeah, these type of murders in our community? Well, you got to sort of have a network. Um, because the community is so separated now, even when they got a geographical location, but it's no community there, people don't know each other. So you got to get people to know each other so you can create the underground network. That underground network is going to be the way you find out what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that means that you can't be just a, a, a book nationalist or an ideological nationalist. You got to go around to people. You're going to have to know who run the liquor house. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to have to know who is who running the game, you know, and and you're going to have to build relationships with them to at least that they know what you about because you may need them. And you'll be surprised when the people see that you're doing good in your community and you're trying to help when you need them, whether they from the good or the bad, they'll come help, you, mm-hmm. you know. But the big first thing is to, to forge those bonds to make a community. Second thing is when you're talking gangs, you're talking gangs are generally um, majority male, but it is a large population of females within those gangs. Mm-hmm. Um, political education is a big thing. I don't think you can go using the same information, even they, I would say even paperwork, because... Uh, they're so far removed from those guys. Um, that is centuries ago to them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a new generation. The new generation of G's is a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really a they they're clicking up mainly on survival. Do you think the the solution of getting elders of those gangs of those communities in the same room? with some of the young folk uh, as, like, meetups of truces or, you know what I'm saying, is that still an option? Or, I mean, we, we know that the youngest generation is somewhat disconnected from that past uh, just with, you know, the digital age and, you know, mass incarceration and whatnot yeah. and, you know, the progression of things like, uh, I guess, D, they call it deproletarianization, yeah. where, you know, of course, black men, we made up the lowest rungs of the of you know the industrial labor force but we've been forced out of those rungs the lowest rungs as you know this country has went through a process 
of you know the, it, the working class having you know, just producing less. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And the economy being structured differently now on a global scale. We push those type of factory jobs on other countries. Yeah. And now, you know, uh, we know that that's been a huge uh, part of the lessening of resources in our community. Yeah. And, and you know, so uh, I, I guess, yeah, just uh, I, I agree with what you said, though, previously about you have to be knowledgeable about who's in the community. Yeah. You know, but what, okay, what do you do with that knowledge? You know what I'm saying? You like, take that, it, it, go ahead. You take that, you take that knowledge. That knowledge is going to come on a need to know basis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You may need to find out who shot up the block last night. And the information may come from the actual folks who was getting shot at. But they claim something. And they're not just going to give up information without having a type of relationship and a bond with you. That also comes in when you're doing community programs. You want to do activities. You want to do your charity programs for the kids and things of that such nature, baseball games, basketball leagues, local neighborhood football teams to go against other neighborhoods, all that stuff. You can get that stuff right there from the hood. You just got to get the folks to get involved with you. You may be able to get $200 worth of stamps from over here and $150 of stamps over here, and you may be able to get the homies on the block to go in on the bouncy house, and you may be able to get some sisters to add some other stuff to it, and you can make something happen right there from the ground. You you know, we talk about having stuff for these kids to do. We can finance it ourselves. Whether it's even opening up a business or anything in the hood. The 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 actual changing of a people's culture, you're gonna have to change their values. You got to mm-hmm. change what they love, what they what they value is sacred. Pretty much what they're gonna be willing to die for. Mm-hmm. So that's that sort of answers some of the questions because when you look in the hood and you look at the people, what they dying for? Money and ego, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not necessarily our culture. That's their culture, you know. Um, I think they're the first generation that's been fully assimilated into American culture. Black people. We still got elders and older folks here that's pushing it, and some young people are catching on to it. But that generation, they was born during the years of Obama. You know, um, it's going to be a a new way of thinking. But one, they're going to get tired of it. They gonna, it's it's going to be conditions that's going to force that. No individual or maybe even group is going to be able to force that. That group is just going to be able to be there as a facilitator of it when it happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They may be doing the work before it happens, but their main objective is to be there when it does happen. So when whatever that miracle is that starts to wake black people, and I see black people waking up a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that that sparks that idea that like, you know what? We need our own shit. You know, you got organization or organizations there to do that work, to be able to provide for them solutions to the problem. Because even on political and economic levels, you can't really provide no solutions if you ain't got no community to base it from. Mm -hmm. And the community got to have common values and things like that to link them together. And it works best for white supremacy here in the United States to have a community that has no values or at least has theirs before they. But it's best for them to be able to conquer you and keep on conquering you. If you have no values or you adopt their values, 
and come into their system. So, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can go on to transition to that, Aki. Ahmad Aubrey, our brother. And uh, I'm going to kick it off, Aki. Hmm. Well, Ahmad, you know, they didn't have, they've been having the trial. I think they had deliberations right now, right? Mm-hmm. You know. They had they close well at least they started closing arguments today. Yeah. Um, we looked at a little bit of it. Ike couldn't stomach it. He didn't like the white dude. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dude yeah. just it, he, it wasn't even necessarily he just rubbed me wrong. He just rubbed me. It wasn't even that he was white. But it, it helped enhance it. But <laughs> but uh yeah, he he, he was a little asshole Um We talking about the lawyer for the man that filmed it. Yeah. And and he's been really Raising, I think the the man that filmed it, yeah, uh, Ahmad Aubrey's murder was pretty much uh, saying he shouldn't be charged. Named Bryant, you know, what I'm saying yeah. saying that he shouldn't be charged at all. When the state was who was, you know, uh, pros- I mean, I'm sorry, the prosecute, yeah, the prosecution, the state, yeah, was saying that he blocked Ahmad Aubrey's uh, escape, yeah, in with his car, mm-hmm. uh, making him part of it. You know, uh, and it's crazy how white racial solidarity worked in that case. Worked so, the same way black racial solidarity uh, worked in some extent. Exactly. But see a white man running or driving in his car, you run and drive after him. But now black people ain't doing that. That's on some run shit. Yeah, I mean, it, it is deep. You know what I'm saying? For sure. But I mean, a white Just man on his that. porch didn't even know what's going on. Seen a Mod yeah. Aubrey running away from a pickup a truck, truck with two niggas armed in it. You know what I'm saying? And felt the need and, and grabbed his phone. He grabbed his phone, got in his truck, and followed the scene. That's how we even have it captured on film. And he even, uh, the prosecution was saying, attempted to hit Ahmaud Arbery with his car when he blocked him in. Mm. So was taking part in the illegal capture of another person. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that lawyer for that man has been, you know, saying all types he's also the one that was saying why why is jesse jackson or was it al sharpton maybe yeah. I think both of them i think that was, was that the judge well no it was no no the judge no, it was the lawyer it, it was, was the lawyer, lawyer yeah. that they came out and said why that do we it, have preachers here right there we got preachers celebrity preachers or something. right was politicized was over politicizing that shit you know? you know what i'm saying of course it is somewhat of a political move but yeah. as it should be. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this playing is the a, game. Playing it. This is a political warfare that we're in. You know what I'm saying? And, mm. you know, of course, having Jesse Jackson all sharp in there isn't exactly, you know, us putting our best foot forward. <laughs> I'm about to say, that shit ain't really shaking none of this. Right. Maybe for the great grandmama and them, but for the young folks, you're like, nah, we don't need that. But, I mean, of course, I mean, just real quick to state the facts of the case. Ahmad Aubrey was in a house that was being built. Just a, the skeleton of a house. Yeah. Looking me... around. He's not on camera stealing anything. He's not the the owners of the residence that was being built said that he didn't steal anything. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he was seen in there and pursued and ran away. Mm-hmm. And he's running away from these white folks in a pickup truck. You know what I'm saying? After... Uh, you know, you know, not really committing no crime as, uh-huh. as far as that they could verify. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially not one where you know trespassing doesn't warrant a citizen's arrest and execution. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that and that's exactly what they did. You know, I don't know if you watched the film of the the event 
of the murder to say it specifically or not but uh what the defense is saying as far as for the the father and son i think the other two people involved with it yeah related that were actually the ones pursuing him initially are father and son i believe and uh or related at least related i think it's father and son though uh you know they were they, they claimed that Ahmad Aubrey after they caught up to him went for their gun as far mm-hmm. as went to grab their gun yeah that they was basically pointing right at his chest as you know he's trying to get away yeah. and being blocked in mm-hmm. they're saying at the split second he goes off camera yeah uh he goes for the gun and that's why they shoot him yeah and uh they shoot him on camera and you could just tell i mean you could really tell but the person that filmed it was it like i mean it's crazy how just in the moment he just became in on it with the white man yeah you know what i'm saying that's why he's being charged the way he is for mm-hmm. murder because of the way that uh i i i, I think that he was even claimed to say uh, as you know screaming out get that motherfucker type shit you know what i'm saying yeah uh but Either way, you know, blocking a man, almost hitting him with the man with the, your car, you know, engaging in that pursuit of him. You know, we know what that is. How you cutting niggas off in the hood, and, and they did the same damn thing. Why they didn't consider gang warfare, racism warfare? It's retarded, bro. You know, uh, they shot the man in the chest, three of them. As I always say, I know black folks who have been convicted for lesser. I know black people who was driving next to the person. They still got they still got the murder one. You know. Um I, you know, I despite what the what we feel about it, Aki, and I know yeah. you feel similarly to me. Like they got eleven white jurors out of twelve. Eleven of them. This is Temple Co. This is in Georgia too. This this is in Georgia. In Georgia, where this took place at. Uh, out of eleven potential jurors, I'm sorry, twelve. They got eleven white folk. And uh, even the even the judge of the case said that this seems like intentional discrimination. But let shit continue. You know what I'm saying? I don't know it, what that is trying to set up or yeah. what. Uh, like a. A, a later appeal or I, I i don't know exactly like what what's going on with that i mean because if you're saying that you believe it looks like intentional discrimination got after they they struck actually you know i might have got the numbers wrong it might have been out of 12 potential black jurors they struck all but one meaning they struck 11 yeah maybe that's the case and maybe i'm getting uh that mixed up with the number of jurors but uh i think that's the i think what i just said is the case but uh, I mean, yeah, intentional discrimination is the quote from the judge. Um, so let's see. Even I mean, another fact about the case that surprised me: Ahmad Aubrey's mother was said to have uh, been told that Ahmad Aubrey committed a crime. I, mm-hmm. I believe that he committed a burglary as she was awaiting, you know, the news and the details surrounding her son's murder. Yeah. She was told that he committed a crime and didn't find out until much later that he had never committed a burglary or mm. stolen anything. Uh, but she was told by detectives that he did. So the, the people, the detectives working a murder case, the, the, the fact that a black man got killed working that case, yeah, told Ahmaud Aubrey's mother that he committed a crime. 
I mean, even if they had no knowledge of him doing so. Another thing that's well known when you're dealing with the pigs, they make up shit. Yeah. Plant false evidence, tell false evidence, all other types of things, man. You know, they knew they fucked up. And they wanted to protect they, all them dudes. The police and the white dudes are probably in the same damn lodge. They probably in the same clan chapter. This is Georgia. This is straight Georgia. You ain't got no... <laughs> I'm trying to think, though. What kind of neighborhood was you in? Like, what kind of neighborhood was he in? I don't know. I'm not sure myself. I mean, it could have been a majority white neighborhood, the, the way it sounded like it yeah, is. Yeah, white folks can just chase you down the street in the truck and ain't no, like, I don't know. Also, we didn't follow the case as, as closely as we could, you know what I'm saying? So please accept, because, so, I mean, that, that information might be out there. Some of the witnesses could have been black. I don't even know. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't seem like that. I, I haven't seen, I mean, we would have seen black people take the stand as oh, witnesses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? If that was the case, and I don't believe I've seen any. But, uh, you know, uh, so, yeah, forgive any, uh, you know, uh, need of correction that we need on the facts of the case. I think it was. But, uh, I, you know, of course, we're we getting, uh, we, we getting the essence of it, I'm sure. And, I mean, what I do fear with the, the my, my, you know, point in bringing up the number of jurors and how most of them is white, it's just the fact that, you know, do we really think that they're going to, convict you know these three white men for this crime i don't think so you know what i'm saying i think that there's enough reasonable there for them to be like oh you know what i'm saying they was trying to make the citizens arrest there's open carry laws that they get they're allowed to carry the rifles mm -hmm. that they had or shotgun that they had and uh you know they say that he went for the gun so under that situation you know what i'm saying uh you know we believe it was da -da 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 -da. yeah you know I don't know, bro. I, I I don't know if I got any faith that they gonna do the right thing here, bro. <laughs> so you don't know if you got any faith, huh? No, nah, no. Nah. Well, you know, man. Um, let's just say white or oh, you the U.S. government, white America. Um, for them to have that many white people on the jury. Of course, I can see them not really being able to relate to it. They probably don't have... They, they probably can't look at Ahmaud Arbery and see their cousin. Mm -hmm. Or see their brother. See their nephew, daddy, uncle, whoever. Whereas on black folks, you're going to get those regular everyday black folks. And they got somebody that look like him. And they may have generational experiences with men who look like him or who is like him and who have been tacked and framed and done up and everything else by white folks. Well, police, I should say. Not just white folks, but police. So it's only right that they have a jury with a majority white on there. Mm -hmm. That's going to definitely tamper the case because some of those people cannot see. I don't care how much re religion is in there. They'll separate that from the law when it comes to their own. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. So... Definitely, so, right. you know, I, I mean, ain't nothing came out of it yet, but uh, I see what they're talking about.
know. Yeah, uh, we're gonna keep y'all updated on that as well. Um, but I mean, we wanted to use that to talk about, you know, uh, I guess you know our politics in a sense. You know what I'm saying? But talk about black nationalism. You know, from this conversation and how you know, I mean, even when we think about critical race theory, Aki, is the idea that racism is endemic to the American system. So Derek Bell, a law scholar and prolific prolific writer, you know what I'm saying, the you know the originator, the founder of critical race theory, Derek Bell. You know what I'm saying? You know, I believe he was right talking about how racism is endemic to uh, you know this white. American capitalist, Western, whatever you want to call it, system, patriarchal mm-hmm. system. You know what I'm saying? Racism is, racism is endic- endemic to capitalism in that way. Yeah. Uh, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we admit that, then what's the solution? You know what I'm saying? Now, Tommy Curry, in a recent article, discusses how, you know, it was inspired by the Black Power era. Yeah. And, uh, you know, has somewhat of an origin. Of course, Black Power had the analysis, you know, most of black mm-hmm. power had the analysis that you know we're a colonized people yeah you know what i'm saying and that's what helped you know inspire this idea that racism is endemic just like you know we understand it to be under a colonial framework yeah you know what i'm saying so what's the solution if racism racism isn't endemic and now we come to expect and are usually right that you know justice is not served for us mm-hmm. i mean i mean i forgot this point earlier but i mean Think about the underdevelopment of the black community that's planned and, and you know, like they spend so much money to put us in cages. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To separate us, to mislead us. Like that shit is planned out. Yeah. So I mean what what's our response to that? And of course, you know, the response that we got is, you know, uh, a black nation leaning into black nationalism, the idea that we're uh a separate people. What uh, a particular destiny. I mean, Malcolm X would say we're the victims, the victims of America. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that we're African people. And that, you know, uh, through the process of slavery, you know, uh, and through the process of, you know, colonization, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're a people that have to strike out politically, institutionally, on our own for our protection and our empowerment. Yeah. And modern days we've lost sight of that type of politics black mm-hmm. nationalism is a wide enough to, um is a wide umbrella yeah you talk about black nationalist politics yeah. there's conservatives uh, black conservatives under that umbrella black radicals yeah. and more and more under that umbrella black liberals mm-hmm. under that umbrella uh, but you know of course the deciding factor on that is really that national question uh-huh. you know what i'm saying like are we a separate people politically do we need to develop these type of black nationalist strategies to address the situation. Yeah. I can't help but go to those type of politics when I think about, you know, the injustices that Ahmaud Arbery's family is already finding and trying to work with the court system to get uh, justice for their fallen family member in mm-hmm. Ahmaud Arbery. So, uh, I mean, just, I guess I'm going to pass it to you, Aki. Like, what does a black nationalist type of response to the court system uh, look like in your eyes or how do we you know from black a black nationalist point of view what should our response be to an endemically racist you know judicial system i mean it would definitely be nationalism and then the establishment of a drill society um which means like you have 
you said a dual society. A dual society. Dual. Yeah. Meaning that you have a dual society or a judicial body, a group of people made up from a specific group of people to dictate, or not necessarily say dictate, but um, to ensure that the rights and the privileges of those people is not being violated, not only within their nation, but also maybe a nation that they're within. So you got to have some, you always going to have to have black nationalism and you're going to have to have a, a governing body even within. So it's one thing to hear black people, all black people know that certain situations, like we all knew in America, hell, even across seas, that the Trayvon Martin situation was fucked up. We all knew that, you know, we all expressed it. But, you know, to have an actual dual body that's, representative of your group of people your nation you know nationalism is always going to be the end goal and result but nationalism has to start from peoplehood you know what i'm saying the people have to be working together you know we got to be working together and trying to challenge this but it's like you know that's the thing we have various different aspects in this nationalist struggle black radicals black conservatives black liberals you know um even people now in the era that we living in you know black lbgt is is in there which black nationalism is welcome to everybody so we're going to definitely need all of those forces and elements there um we just have to also not be distracted we get distracted a lot mm -hmm. from things um, I would say that when you seen our movements prosper, it was because of our discipline. And when you seen them fail, it was because of our undiscipline. Sort of got unraveled, you know. Um, sometimes that came from venturing into too many things at one time. Sometimes that came from we're not venturing into things enough. So, you know, in this era and time, though, you know, black people, before we can do anything, it got to be like a cultural revolution. I, I agree that we need it gotta that. Be that. It has to be that. I agree with the, the need for a cultural revolution and, you know, that being a major, uh, you know, stage that we got to go through somewhat. I, yeah. I, I think, but I, I do think that cultural revolution is somewhat happening and yeah. I think it's one that is going to happen concurrently with a more political uh, transition yeah. as well. It's going to feed into the political. For sure. For sure. You know, it's going to feed into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I always think it starts with the cultural, mm. but you can't finish out a cultural revolution without the politics. Mm. Because the first thing that comes with the culture of people is their identity. And then once that identity is secure, it's the next thing is generally their sovereignty. Yeah, we need some politicized cultural expressions. And we got them. But, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, we know there's an industry that's suppressing yeah. and, and manipulating black cultural expression. Yeah. Even how we understand our culture to be expressed back to us. Yes. You know, we don't gain that as much from just going outside, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and and experiencing it because society is becoming more segmented, yeah. less communal, less collective in that sense. There you go. So, uh, you know, now we have to consume like a consumer does their culture when we were just living it. Yeah. You know, in a sense before. Uh and that's the thing today, to whereas social media is so strong in the hood, let's be real. 
everybody you see, they down in their damn phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's America, period. Right. But in the community, we see it. We talking black community. We see it continuously in our community. So everything is being learned. It's not made, done through interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, like I talk about all the time, we don't know who our neighbors are mm-hmm. in our neighborhoods no more. You know what I'm saying? And, and and that's why it's not a community. It's just a neighborhood. You're right. And I think, you know, we got to use the social media to get us back communally, like in person. Yeah. On the right type of wave, you know, wavelength. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's why I asked you earlier about, like, what are, like, the type of events that, you know, like, can bring a community together. You mentioned, like, a basketball tournament, some type of mm-hmm. philanthropic drive or something like that. Yeah. Because we do have to be deliberate about coming back together in yeah. person and you know and, and feeling that type of energy because it can change people yeah. i'm sure we could look at past instances of you know treaties or block parties and stuff like that yeah where you know we can talk all day about the ones that went wrong and things got inflamed with but there's also many different ways where you know coming together in person heal divides yeah you know what i'm saying like that's a. Uh, it's harder to do nowadays though you know what I'm saying? Because society is less apt for that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Especially when you think about gentrification. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? They breaking up the uh I hate to use the word, but the ghetto now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They they are the black community, they're going in and you know what I'm saying, and gentrifying it, you know what I'm saying? As if you instead of the uh, empowering it, they are gentrifying it. Well, you know, it's it's wild because it's like um, you know, just thinking about LA street politics and Chicago street politics one of the reasons why things didn't change as much in LA don't get me wrong the 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 younger G's is just as wild and they drilling too over there but the bonds wasn't changed between them and the elders was some of it because both of them suffered with they they big homies going to prison but one of the things was the makeup of the neighborhood so in Los Angeles, most of their gangs is located in neighborhoods, like actual with houses and things like that. It's very hard to gentrify a place where people own their homes. Mm-hmm. He may not even own a home. His grandmama, grandmama owned a home. You know what I'm saying? She was over there for years, since the 20s. She owned a home. Whereas in Chicago, was, they could tear down a housing project, and a housing project may have a 1,000 units in it, and you got six of them. You know what I'm saying? In one project, tear them down, they get transplanted to different places. So when these people come to these different hoods, the beef don't stop in the hood. And and that's what took place with us. So bonds that might have already been there, them bonds got broken. New bonds was made, new bonds was forged. So even though, like one thing I can say is this, in Chicago you see gangs of different affiliations they used to war hanging out with each other. Mm -hmm. But they still beefing with other groups who may be doing the same or maybe not be doing the same. And there's no order or law or code of conduct. There is no big homie anymore. Elders sort of got to come back into play. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to start having our elders come around. Yeah, know? we got to we gotta disrupt the norm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is the, norms the norm that this society has socialized into us. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Especially the ones related to digital media. Yeah. So there has to be an intervention. We got to be deliberate. There's no divine path. I think there's many different paths forward. True. You know what I'm saying? But we have to start moving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In a scientific manner, the best that we can. Yeah. And start moving decisively. 
you know so i we, to bring it back to the judicial system i agree that there's a, the need for the cultural revolution but you know I, what is what is the political task in front of us as well i think uh you know uh you know uh separate black institutions you know what i'm saying a separate black political like body yeah you know what i'm saying that's what i, I think, meant by jewel society right i think ultimately it is the need you know what i'm saying uh <laughs> Because we, we have to enforce the fact that we do not, we will not subject ourselves to a racist system. That's eventually what we want to get to, right? Yeah. Either white people, now we believe white people is going to hand it to us. Yeah. We have to say we're not going to be subjected to this no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And w the way that we do that politically is through black nationalism. Yeah. Now, you know? and, and I'll say this and this to interject. I think the issue with the only issue with black nationalism and us today mm. is that we don't want to work for it. I agree. I agree. I, but the, but I'm, I'm, I'm on my Garvey spill right now. But why? We've been on some lazy shit. But I, I think it's not just that we lazy, Aki. And I ain't going to say the whole group. It, it's been nationalists out there that's been keeping this alive. And one of it, I got it from people who was keeping it alive. Nationalism has always been in the minority in America. And it's never been the majority ideology amongst us. So... It's always been people here making that but, call. But uh, you can't say Black Dash has never been the majority amongst us. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, would, I would say at some points it definitely was. But as far as what is the program put forward, nationalism can take place in so many different true. areas and so many different expressions. Mm -hmm. But as far as when a, a platform has came forward to encourage the masses of people to get involved with it, of course we can look at Garvey's UNIA. Or the Panthers. You know what I'm saying? But even, uh, you know, as, depending on how far wide you cast the net of nationalism, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There, there's, you know, I mean, Du Bois is a black nationalist. Yeah. You know, he expressed black nationalist beliefs. Yeah. You know, uh, there are some people that even say Booker T. Washington. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think that's a, that's definitely a contested one. But, <laughs> uh, Everybody can test that one right Yeah, there. yeah, that's a contested one. But uh, there's a conversation to be had, though. No, uh, it but is. I, I would say... Of course, there's laziness, especially on the part of so-called revolutionaries. Yeah, you know, say, especially ones in college. But I'll say this: there's, we got to put a program in front of the people that makes sense to the people. Yeah, because when I say that, it's like this: a good bit of the masses is not concerned. They they they, they focused on their everyday life, like their everyday living. I, I got to get up. I got to go to work. Got to pay bills. I got to come home deal with these kids. They just doing what regular people do, you know. Um, I think, but a lot of times they that reason because I would say most people is that is like that because there's no plat there's no platform no program put put before them that really recognizes the state of development that we at. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and and what can really work for us as we work on developing this black nation. Yeah. Like, and you need that you need an apparatus to get that done. Yeah. Um, in this era. An organization on the street would definitely have to be having a presence on social media. Mm -hmm. You definitely couldn't do that today. Um, but they did get to probably the ultimate solution to how to make that happen. We need a black revolutionary front. We need these black revolutionary nationalists or national organizations. I say national because nationalists can have revolutionary and not revolutionaries in it. Um, but these black nationalist groups, the, 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 the ones who believe in the basic 
national question, as you said earlier, to get together, sit down, and formulate a national program. I agree. I, I, I would say we do need that black revolutionary nationalist front. In addition to just a black nationalist front, Trump, I think Trump. both of, I think both of them are needed. Of course, the black revolutionary nationalist one is going to be smaller. Yeah, but in the black nationalist one, it's going to cast a wide net. And uh, we talked about this privately before. I think how we can, as far as something that stays true to the politics of uh, black nationalism, right, and that would also encourage the widest participation from a national political body. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I think one of the campaigns that we could really go for, uh, besides reparations, because I think reparations is one. Yeah. But, you know, that's also a contested idea. Yeah. You know, I think some people have a lot of apathy towards reparations just with the idea that, you know, they don't think uh, this racist, endemically racist society that is colonizing us will ever give us true reparations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No matter how much we ask for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I think one thing you put in front of the people, I think it's a first step potentially in on the national question. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying any international body like the UN is perfect. Yeah. Because they're definitely not. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about is something, we need something symbolic, you know what I'm saying, to unite us in going to the same direction and thinking politically in, in a similar way. So I, I would say, I would go back to one of the things that Malcolm X suggested, right? Yeah. We need a plebiscite, a plebiscite mm-hmm. uh, with the United Nations, which is uh, a form of international recognition of an oppressed group. If I'm if I'm getting that term right, yeah. And why 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 could that work? I'm saying that because that's something where you could start getting the infrastructure in place. Because let's say we come together and we say we do want that, or organization puts it forward and have people dedicated to push the idea on social media. Push the idea through independent black media. Mm-hmm. Get rappers and, and, and things to weigh in on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But also have, you know, go on speaking tours. If we had popular leaders that took up this idea yeah. that were principled, go on speaking tours in the black community and say, who wants to come out and be part of the local uh, citywide or whatever uh, organization that's going to register people to vote? For our representation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For this plebiscite. Yeah. Because that's something that black people should vote on, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to be a democracy, you know, let's use these tools that could be used like a phone for mass democracy. Let's be on the cutting edge of that, you know, and come up with a way to, you know, start registering black people for, you know, uh, an infrastructure that could elect our representation or at least have a national, a black national referendum. Should we, should we have independent representation at the united nations you know what i'm saying yeah uh for instance as an example of uh of a, a national a black national referendum you know what i'm saying like i think you can ignite something within people on a national basis just to start moving towards something like that because i, I think once people really catch on to something like that i key uh you know because it's so simple and direct i use a good example Queen Quet, Queen Quet of the Gullah Geechee Nation. The Gullah Geechee Nation is a recognized nation. They have a UN number. When the UN have meetings, they're there. You know, they right here in America, straight off the plantation. You know, um, they've already um, did research the UN in in the South. 
and seen how some of the people live down there. Said they live in the third world conditions in a first world country. I think we have enough ammo. But I think the problem is the UN. You know. Um, but I was just out for this, Aki. But we do need more cohesion on that. But national, some national to push that. Politics is theater. Yeah. It too, uh, politics is power, yeah. of course, but it's also theater, Aki. Yeah. But so, th- if we st- like, we got to stand up around something. I for mean, the rest of, for the rest of the world to stand up with us, right? And, and I say this, and even in that plebiscite, spike, the, the the Malcolm was working with a different environment, mm-hmm. in a different world. So you know, from what I was told, he had the support that if you got him organized and. We'll we'll roll with you. The other the other African leaders were like that. You know what I'm saying? But they understood you had to be organized because in order they in order for them to get their stuff together, some of them had to be organized to do it. You got to have a tight organized formation. And they knew Malcolm X wasn't the biggest voice in America at the time. You know, um, a good bit of our people were still listening and were listening to um, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm was. Man, I can't even say that he, he, Martin Luther King went to went to Ghana. You know, he met Nkrumah, and I think he met uh, Zikiwe from Nigeria. So, you know, as black folks, you know, we've had the blueprint sort of laid out for us. But yeah, we still have to get some cohesion even on that point because I I will say this: we got to have our shit together. To go to the UN. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to have our shit together to go to the UN. And I'll say, if the Gullah Geechee Nation can do it, I know we can do it. For sure. Because they come from, they the same damn thing as us. I think it, it is going to take some funding, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. I mean, just imagine if Black Lives Matter was a revolutionary black nationalist group. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the type of resources that was coming into that organization, yeah. you could have those speaking tours. You could have, you could fund in major cities around the country a forum for this discussion to take place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And for it to take place regularly. Yeah. It it would have to be like that. It would have to be like that. You would have to raise the awareness of it because without, without a body in place, the plebiscite wouldn't work as far as the recognition as a people. Mm -hmm. If you look at, and that's funny, I learned this dealing with the Moore Science Temple. But I was into that law real hard. We, the thing that got gets people is that they already have to be a body. So, like, even you take Native American tribes, Native American bands and stuff like that, they were already organized as a group. The recognition didn't make them organized. They were organized already as a group, and then they got that recognition. The Gullah Geechee had already went down to South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, and in Georgia and got all them people had representatives and, and and it went through a process to even get to here. Mm-hmm. And so like what you're talking about, that national program of awareness and bringing people into the knowledge of it, that's sort of what has to happen. We have to sort of build that up because once that comes, but it's I, easy. I, all I would say is it's not going to just be education at first, though. It's, it's not going to be, in my opinion, this this mass education type of program about I mean, the yeah, question. it's going to be other different I, things. I, I think... Yeah. What, we have to start engaging in political theater more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what... Put it, put put the national question up 
on the same pedestal that we had reparations up on. Exactly. Yeah. Even higher. Yeah. You know, even higher. Uh, and, I mean, and I, I say this, that right there is going that's scary for them. But but we had to connect them. You know, I, I think that those issues should be connected. You know what I'm saying? As far as do we want without the type of recognition that we're a nation within a nation, a colonized people, do we want them to give us reparations off the, from a false premise? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, I, 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 de- I, I'm not saying that the, the UN is going to be the one to get us or give us reparations. Yeah. But as far as, you know, I don't think we get the reparations that we would need, you know what I'm saying, or that would be righteous from America without us also pushing on the national question. And But it's only right that we have, you know, uh, just from a very pa- a basic point of view, that we represent our own interests and speak for ourselves on the international stage. Yeah. Well, you I know? say like this, America, yeah, it's and, only right. And, and it's the, only right. I mean, if the African Union accepts non-African countries in it, I, I'm not sure if they do, but I'm pretty sure that they do. But I'm also thinking that they would welcome the representation from black America that's I not mean, that's not funneled through the United States federal yeah, government. Yeah. Now So um, I mean it's not just the United Nations as well. Well and I will say this that it gets tricky then, but I understand where you're going. Um with um say for instance in the sense of reparations. And when I looked at reparations, I said reparations could force black people into nationhood. That may not be a good thing, though. Um, if we say, for instance, we really ask for real deal shit in, the, in, in reparations, we say we want to be recognized as uh, we could, we, 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 I mean, whatever status, you could say an indigenous group. Or, and I ain't talking about no Indians. I'm just talking about uh, indigenous citizen ethnic group here or whatever um but i know we don't want that in I, a sense but we do want something like that but that i want that deal to be cut on terms of already having international recognition hmm. and recognition amongst ourselves already then we can go to this federal government and negotiate about reparations what's going to be my payment for what has been done to me and what you've been continuing to do to me. And then we can state the terms of that, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think reparations from the U.S. is part of the divorce settlement. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how... You that's know, later... That's sort of not later on, but that's when, you know, because here it go. Now, unless we... If we're going to be here, I would say that the reparations is going to... Yeah, it's going to have an... It's going to pretty much have a peace agreement in it. It's gonna have a. It's gonna be part of the divorce settlement yeah, it's, of yeah, us of us divorcing yeah. ourselves from the U.S. That's that's reparations, because look, this country wants to treat reparations as a one, like with one act, one felt like you know what I'm saying like let's work out one deal, you know what I'm saying yeah. they they like America is trying to cut a deal. If they could cut a deal right now for ten billion dollars, they would do yeah, it. Yeah, they want to cut a check. You know what I'm saying like if they could cut just a, a deal and be done with yeah. it. They would want they they would actually invite that, but that actually reveals to us something, Aki. Yeah, that reveals something to us. It reveals that we're not part of this country. Mm-hmm. Is that it should reveal? Because Aki, if we were part of this country as full citizens, they wouldn't have to make no reparations deal. Yeah. They would just repair us. Yeah, that it, it, healing us would be part of an inherent mission. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it wouldn't be. We, they would be like, "What do y'all need?" And we're committing for that. 
can, for the continue for as long as America will exist, we will do whatever it takes to heal and yeah. repair exactly. because because you're one of us. Yeah. That I mean, that's how we're trying to create that isn't that what a socialist black nation would do for its citizens? Yeah. Now the catch is is this then. I mean that question of um us being here or us going there or going somewhere else would be in the question. Because I've always said to something I don't see the United States letting us have full sovereignty on this United States soil without a fight. They fought their own people to keep it together. I, I wonder at what stage. I mean, I now, agree. And, and no, now, as I'm glad you said that. Maybe America gets to a point in its weakness or whatever state, and they have some divine uh, uh, epiphany of doing right by us. But I'm a pessimist. Like, I don't believe that. You know what I'm saying? Racism is here to stay. I mean, but no, racism is here to stay. And racism after will be here after reparations. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I can't trust them. But, the, I mean... That I like, I think for us to really get the reparations we need, I stated this earlier. We we have to work on that national question already. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes. and uh, I agree with you that it's not going to come until America's damn near on a deathbed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And they're trying to work out a deal because of you know the instability, you know, at stake. You know, not so having are, are us we, on board. Are, are, we can't even I, look. The reason that the protests are becoming so gentrified and so disconnected from the community, thinking about BLM and its mm-hmm. division from the black community, yeah, it's because why the hell people ain't thinking about fighting to change this country no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and of course things could explode in violence, but right now it'd be kind of directionless. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so. We do got to start exploring this national question now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That way it gives people something to actually fight for scientifically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In all manners of life in society. Yeah. You know what I'm and, saying? And, you know, kill the, kill the dream. Because uh, when I say the dream, the American dream. Because mm-hmm. um, there's, there, there, there's a certain aspect to what I'm seeing now where they believe in this shit full stock. Like, I'm meeting straight black folks. Um... But some people call them niggas. And they buying full sale hole in this. And you looking at them like, it ain't nothing of it in there. It ain't no, no nationalism, not even the deep. You know what I'm saying? Nationalism or not, ain't there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they were fully socialized into it. Um, and I think, too, a lot of just what the, how they live does. I mean, I remember at one point in time, white folks didn't listen to hip hop. Now they listen to hip hop. Now they listen to hip hop in the open. You know, it's just what it is. Like same artist. So you know, um, and it won't even be necessarily something like that. You know, as a group of people, as a nation of people, you then have a, a real deal uh, system of accepting people in to your nation. You know. So, it's us being organized. It's going to take organization to get to that point, and then it's going to take organization after it to keep it. Mm-hmm. For know? sure, for sure. I, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, I think we're seeing some progress already, Aki, as far as, you know, 
getting that new message out there. I mean, we see Black Power Media. You yeah. know what I'm saying? As far as you know, uh, what what they've been able to cover. I mean, I, I should also say this: uh, their coverage of uh, we was watching a program from Black Power Media today. Yeah, uh, they were talking about uh, the news about Malcolm X. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh, how witnesses and also the people that were convicted of killing him, of murdering him, got uh, are planning to be released uh, because they were in prison falsely. Uh, and so, you know, some of the witnesses were FBI informants mm-hmm. uh, that you know put them or placed them uh, where they are as doing what they did not. Um, of course, and, and of course, that's also you know bound up in this question of nat- black nationalism. You know, and somebody that went and made, like you already said, been and made some of them connections. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of people, you know, looked at Malcolm X, uh, especially in hindsight, as somewhat of a black head of state. Yeah. That was, you know, seeking to form them type of coalitions, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I was saying, Black Power Media is an example of, you know, that change that we need to see as mm-hmm. far as, you know, you're right. We got to be more organized. And I think we got to enter into the public political arena more. And, you know, that's not the academy. Yeah. That's not the that these elite forms of media and trying to gain a seat at that table. It's about, you know, really changing the conversation within our community and really putting forward a black revolutionary nationalist opinion or position into these national conversations. You know what I'm saying? We really have to work on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it's building our own media conglomerate that competes and and, and outperforms these other forms of media to get in Mm -hmm. front of the faces of our people. Yeah. Uh, You know, um, or... is going on the current forms of media getting access through you know what i'm saying whatever means and you know affecting the people you know i think of course it's going to be both uh, to yeah. some extent but we need we need our own apparatuses yeah you know what i'm saying media apparatuses to really you know start putting you know different word out there and, and of course you know we got to start you know you know, get back to, you know, having these communications, you know, conversations in the community. Yeah, we're going to have to find a way to fight the the the, the digital age to some extent or, or, and try to, when I say fight it, not eliminate it, but use it better because <laughs> it's ways that we can't connect using it. But uh, sometimes, and when, yeah, it's better ways we could use it. Um, I think I see a lot of black people creating separate content different platforms for us it's just about changing the conversation over to that you know so i think we got a ton of black people out here who are actually starting to see the benefit of um because we used to have to just rely on radio mm-hmm. and in commercials and tv but now you know we got various different things like uh youtube and and, and, and instagram and facebook where people man can do a lot they do a lot of work on just that you know, a lot of healing in the community just on that. And we also know we got to use those as tools to get the job done as nationalists. So, I mean, adapting with the times, that's all. The nationalists got to adapt with the times. If not, the nationalists ain't adaptable, you ain't, your, you ain't worth your grade in nationalism. You know, you got to be able to move with the water. I agree 100% Aki. Um we got to start moving. 
You know, mm-hmm. like Twick would say, we got to stay in motion. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, the further advancements we're, we're making, you know, because I see the progress, even mm-hmm. if it's underground right now. Uh, you know, it's growing. It, we're in a better place, I think, in some regards to using technology to get the word out and change conversations. Yeah. Compared to we were maybe five years ago, mm-hmm. or especially when BLM kicked off. And we wasn't as aware of the effect of neoliberalism yeah. within our movement. You know what I'm saying? And I think we're better prepared to counteract that. But we need some pragmatic programs to bring us together and mm-hmm. get people thinking around uh, some of these issues. You know, of course, you know, our murder by police is one way to bring people together. Yeah. But it can't just be tragedy that brings us together yeah. or just, you know, resistance to, the, to police violence. Exactly. It also, we also have to politicize the national question once again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, we got to be innovative with how we do that. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, you got anything else, Saki? No, I think that's about it. Got to get the people hype on the national question. Yeah, how do we get people, you know, how do we repoliticize the national question? It's been politicized before. But, you know, we have to, you know, politics somewhat is a theater of performance. And I don't mean that to to disregard it. I'm saying we need to approach that theater scientifically in a revolutionary fashion. You got to approach nationalism not from the promises, but from the need. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be able to sell to the people that they need nationalism, give to the people and let them see how they need it. Um which is pretty much separate you know separatism community or whatever how they need um nationalism to survive mm-hmm. and to exist mm-hmm. to bring it back to Ahmad Arbery just real quick you know our brother you know under a different system or maybe with you know the solutions in mind that we're talking about you know what I'm saying what if there was an actual black national body you know what I'm saying, that had real power through its relationship with the national black, with black communities across the nation. It's in, mm-hmm. its infrastructure rooted in black communities across the nation Yeah. as far as how it reached out and connected people and as far as its representation on a media scale with our leadership. If it was, you know what I'm saying, if what if it was even Ahmaud Arbery recognized as a citizen of a yeah. black nation, you know what I'm saying? A nation within a nation, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And this kind of brings us back to uh, some of the land questions. Let's just think about that black belt theory. The original black belt theory was really just identifying that black people in the South represented a nation of people based on their same history, culture, experience, and things like that. Mm-hmm. You never called to had five southern states. It just said that the population in those five southern states represents a nation mm-hmm. and that the people who live outside of that state in the cities like Chicago and everything, that's that that's its diaspora mm-hmm. here in the United States. So those just communities of those people in that. So the real question was always of the and, and, and it still remains true to this day that the majority of African-Americans live in those five southern states. Yeah, we just got to make, we got to, and this comes from down to black people starting to have conferences, black nationalists, black revolutionaries, black nationalists, revolutionaries, whoever, coming together, 
having sit down and having these real deal conversations. Okay, you're saying you're a nationalist. What about the national question? And what can we come to agree to agreement on? You know what I just thought of, Aki? Now, was it 20, 2020 or tw- was it 2019 or 2020? Me and you were watching the Black Lives Matter. It's 29. Was it 2019? We were watching something like the Black Lives Matter. State of Black America. State of Black America. Or yeah. Th- that might have been last year. I think that was... They had a big political conference yeah. right, be- right before the election and everything. Now, that show you right there that they're not interested in having those conversations. Because you know not nan... Nigga. I'll say it again. Not nan... N-A-N nigga said anything... About the national question. About the national question. That, like, and that's the big question. Like, are we just American now? I mean, that limits your possibilities, don't it? Yeah, I mean, is that, that just where we are? That's, that makes shit stagnant, you know what I'm saying? You know, because that American political process is formed in a way you know, that just restricts you and gets you in a space of conformity every four-year cycle. Yeah. Uh, while they're not doing shit for us yeah I, I mean that's so, it. that's the real question like nigga that, is that and put it to him just like that is it that way is that are we saying we gonna give up everything that we struggled for and is that what we struggle for just to be this because that mean we gotta accept this the way it is yeah I mean it was a lot of uh, reformism you know what I'm saying honestly like of course wrapped in a radical aesthetic <laughs> But it's a lot of reformism. It's asking America to change. I'm Instead, mad about that. Everybody want to put a red, black, and color, green color on some shit when you know you're doing fuckery. Yeah, red, the red, black, and green ain't about making the U.S. state better. Or, you At know, all. we got, like, when you think about in a black nationalist perspective, you know what I'm saying? There's a whole world of obstacles that come before that as far as how you get our people to wake up to the national question. And start, you know, using what we got. And we got plenty. We got enough to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we give all we got, we got more than enough to do what we need to do as far as uh, improving the conditions of our people. Because what did Marcus Garvey say, bro? He said, any race that find you in this state. Yeah. Would do the same to you. Do the same shit to you. They found you in this state, they'll run over your ass just as fast as the white man doing right now. And the reason why is because as a people, right now in your state, you weak. If you don't have no organization, no cohesion, or no unity, anybody can come and ransack on you. It's just what it is. He also said, Aki, any leadership that teaches you to depend on another race is a leadership that will enslave you. Marcus mm. Garvey. Mm. Any leadership that teaches you to depend on another race is a leadership that will enslave you. And that needs to be on a t-shirt. You're right. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, we need we need some fire this time shirts with that on there. Master quote of the year. Master quote of the month. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a September quote. But, I mean, there you go, Aki. I mean, that, that really say it. I mean, you can call it abolition. You can call it Black radical politics, you can call it whatever you want to, but if your politics is surrounding, you know what I'm saying, waiting for this government to do right by black people, oh my goodness, this is disservice to our people. It's going to be waiting forever. You know, that, that's just like a buy-in. Like, it go back to that whole cultural assimilation, uh, mon- manumism, even American forms of manumism. It's like, you give up your culture and your ways and your identity 
to take on the citizenship or the identity of this colonial power. But for you giving that up, you get this citizenship. But they try to make the cultural evolution of the West and of America, of capitalist society, it's so universal. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like the the, the death of culture and in to replace it with consumerism. That's American culture. Well, 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 that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? But and, and that's what they want us to buy into. Matter of fact, that's awesome right there. You just said that. that that's what they want us to buy into, <laughs> Aki. So you got something from the Black Liberation Army uh, Dictionary. Is that right? Yeah. Go ahead, it, it, it says, American ideology, economic development, regardless of the cost of human beings, a few advancing on the expense of everyone else, and all whites advancing on the backs of blacks and other people's color. Yep. Let's say it right there. You know what I'm saying? It, but you're right. The idea is to create an American culture. Now, they already have problems with that before. They tried to do it with the Irish and the Scottish. But the Irish people, I always tell people, read about the Irish and the Scottish in the early, night, in the early um, 1700s or, or 1900s in New York. Read oh, yeah. about them. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. They was getting it in. The whole gangs in New York, that was them. They was getting it in. They was they was getting it in. And it took a while for them to assimilate because they came from a land that was fighting. And also, their white, their eventual whiteness, you yeah. know what I'm saying, let them take over city governments, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Specifically uh, like and, the... And um, get, get real political power. Yeah, they did. They started doing the um, city... Uh, they started doing the, pol- uh, the fire departments. You go up north and hit them fire departments up in Philadelphia, you just find a lot of Irish, Polish, people like that. They're up in there getting that. You know, they, yeah, they, 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 they had to, I don't want to say they bought their way into whiteness, but they, they didn't, they didn't agree with too much of this bullshit either. You know, um, even though we had issues with them too in New York. Um, but they, they, America's not going to do any of this peaceable. Even with black people, it's a lot different because they brought you here as a slave. They brought you here as an animal. They said you was an animal, and they classified you as that. And they, once they freed you, they really didn't know what the hell to do with you. You know, they eventually saw use for you as a consumer. And that's what you've pretty much been doing. But what happens when there's too little to consume? Now you liability. You know, black people got to start making communities and building communities because the way the government is looking, it's going to come to a point where there may be all types of shortages and shit in this world to come in America to come in the future. And black people have to have ideas and cohesion in place to be able to handle that. At least have a, a, a place of organized body to make and call some shots when some shit go down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to negotiate for us if an invading power comes into the United States? You know, and you just sitting there in all your Americanism. Oh, man. You know, you got your red, black, you got your red, white, blue flag on and stuff like that. They're going to look for the people who, and normally that's what happens anyway. They come and they come to a place where they find people who's not still now and i'm not necessarily even an advocacy for that because the problem that may come may be damn deal worse than the one we got now you know um but um so all that said it's going to depend on us 
We got to be in place to make some shit happen. We got to be in place to make some things go down. And it's going to start from us having that national identity, whether it's a national identity. And it first has to be a national identity, and then it has to be followed with a national governing body. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You got to have the identity in the body. And we got to start having the conversations more, bro. And, uh, but, you know, like we must, it's not just conversations. You know, we got to think about real scientific ways to enact it and start pushing it into spaces it wasn't before, spaces that's really ready for it. And, uh, you know. If men, black men get to working together and functioning better in harmony, a lot of the shit that's going on in the community probably would start to change because they get to working together and making stuff happen. They'll start for sure. building. Uh, you know, we can manifest that, Aki. You know, that's part of the work that we're trying to do here at Fighters Time. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? But I know this next year is going to be, you know, it's nascent time. Mm -hmm. 2022, 2022, let yeah. that be the year where they say that black man, not just on no, you know, identity shit. Yeah. But we on nation time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This ain't just no black manosphere shit. You know what I'm saying? We need to take this shit the nation time and really you know what I'm saying stand up proud of who we are and what we gotta do mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and uh, I'm speaking of a, as a collective cause you know like of course we've been involved in the on ground work here you know what I'm saying but you know of course now we've been we being pushed to take it to a new level so that's what we gotta do bro you know so uh yeah we're gonna go in a peace out here I think okay so uh yeah, I mean, much love, everybody. Thanks for tuning in with Thanks us. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to uh, keep this conversation on black nationalism going. And, uh, you know, definitely fire this time as a home for, you know, conversations around nationalism, black nationalism. on fire. Right. It's okay. home for nationalism and it sets your ass on fire. Right. You know, we, that's we, what's up. We got to fan the flame. Fan the flame. Peace. Peace.